So we'll go ahead and get started. We're going to continue on with the second lesson in our new series that we started last week. And uh, as those people come in, I will no doubt get horribly distracted, but we'll see how we go. Who can remember the name of the series that we started last week? Living the Faith. Thank you, Brother Gar. Last week, I'm trying to get over this little lingering cough that's hanging on. Last week, we spoke about how God will finish the work. Amen. And we spoke about how, thank you, we spoke about how it doesn't matter what happens in this life, God has still called us to do a work for Him. Amen. Every single per- person that is here today, man and woman, boy and girl, no matter how young, how old, God has a purpose for your life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so not only does He have a purpose for our life, we know that the enemy wishes to stop that purpose. His goal is to frustrate that purpose in our life, to get us distracted from that purpose, to get us focused on anything else but what God has for our life. Amen. And so we know, though, that because God being who God is, those plans that the enemy does will not surprise God. You know, God is never up in heaven going, whoops, I didn't see that one coming. God knows. And so the beautiful thing about living for God is that the very attacks that the enemy uses to try and distract us from the purpose that God has given us are used by God to further His purpose in our life. Because He holds time and space, this universe in His hand. He knows the beginning from the end. The Bible says He's the Alpha and the Omega. Amen. He knows everything. And so He already knows how the devil is going to attack us. He already knows what the outcome is going to be. He knows how to use it for His glory. Praise the Lord. So this is what we spoke about last week. And we spoke about how nothing will stop God completing the work that He has begun in our life. Praise the Lord. So this morning we're going to continue on with the second series, second lesson in our series, Living the Faith. And we're going to talk about the power of our testimony. Because God has saved us, because God has brought us into the church, because God has brought us together, we have to share our testimony of where God brought us from with others. Amen? And so if you've got your Bibles, why don't you grab them? And uh, if you don't mind, let's stand as we read God's Word. You know that I like to, I like to do this. We're going to go to the book of Acts this morning. Acts chapter 26. And we're going to read this morning from verses 4 through till 7. And then we're going to skip down to verse 24. So Acts chapter 26, verse 4. Everyone say amen when you're there. This is Paul speaking here. He said, My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Let's skip down to verse 24. It says, And as he thus spake for himself, Festus with a loud voice, said, sorry, with a loud voice, Paul, 
Thou art beside thyself. Much learning does make thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. For the king, this is King Agrippa, knoweth of these things, before whom also I speak freely. For I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day, were both almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Talking about sharing out testimony. Talking about the power of a testimony. It was... Around about September 2015, a man in the United States went on trial for child abuse against his own children. Horrific. Very horrible. And the trial was slated to last for many, many, many days. Many days. Many, many weeks, months. Because the man who was accused of it had pleaded not guilty. And his child, this was against his own children. His first child got up. And testified against him. And after, his, this is a true story. After the child's testimony, his child's testimony. He said to the court, I've got something to say. And they said, okay. And he said, I'm changing my, my plea. I'm pleading guilty. I did it. I shouldn't have done it. You know, I, I, this is what I did. This is how I did it. I shouldn't have done it. You know, I'm a criminal. Lock me up. He pleaded guilty just on the basis of one testimony. And they asked him afterwards, they said, why, why didn't you? You'd already pleaded not guilty. You had a case prepared. You'd hired the lawyers. You were ready to defend it. And yet, all of a sudden, just because one of your children testified, you pleaded guilty. And he said, it was just, I couldn't bear the thought of making my kids go through. And he had like three or four kids. Making all of my kids go through that um, emotional distress, having to testify against their father and reliving what I had done to them. But it was the power of one testimony that dramatically changed the outcome in that court case. Amen. And so it is interesting that every single one of us have a story. Every single one of us have a testimony. Every single one of us have come from different areas of life, different backgrounds, different socioeconomic upbringings, different, different stories, different countries, different upbringings. We're, and we've all come together and every single one of us has a story. We have a testimony. And I guess the key underlying point that if you take nothing away from this first session, this is what I want you to take away. The power of your testimony has the potential to affect somebody in a way that you don't know. Now you might think, well, you know, I don't have that much of a testimony. I've been guilty of that sometimes when I think about it, you know. I mean, I tell people that, you know, I really started living for God when I was about 19. And that's true, I did. Because up until that point, and I was raised in a church going home. My mom and dad are missionaries. They grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. But it wasn't until I was 19 that I began to go, okay, I'm not just going to come to church because mom and dad come to church. I'm not just going to live for Jesus because that's just what's expected of me. 
I made a decision to go, right, I'm going to go to church now. And even if my parents walk out on God, even if my parents turn their back on God, I will still live for Jesus, right? But I don't come from a background where, you know, like Brother Isaac, for example, where he was persecuted for his faith. I don't come from a background where my family didn't know Jesus and my father was an alcoholic and beat us all. I don't come from a background of drug abuse and alcohol abuse. and, and all. I don't have that. So that's not my testimony. So I can't go to someone and tell them, well, you know, God saved me. I was addicted to crack and heroin and I was on ice and Jesus saved me off the street. No, he didn't. That's not my testimony. And so my testimony might not affect someone from that background. But if that's your testimony, then your testimony could affect someone from that background. You know, and so everybody is here for a purpose. And that was the lesson we spoke about last week is that we have a purpose. That purpose is together. We all have a story that if it, my testimony does not impact somebody, your testimony could. And that's why it's important not just for the pastor to share his testimony or the leadership team to share their testimony, or the people who are good speakers to share their testimony. But it is important for everybody to understand, hey, God has bought me from somewhere. God has saved me somehow. God has preserved me up until this day. That is a testimony, and you can share that and make a difference in people's lives. Somebody say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so... Every human life has a story that is being told. Some people might just be a short story. I felt like after that car wreck I had a week ago, for, sorry, four weeks ago, I thought like my life might have been a short story. I've still got a lot more life I want to live. <laughs> Amen. Some people have like an epic tome. I look at Brother Nicholson and that's what I think of an epic tome. So much life lived, right? Others might be like um, some more drama. Others might have tragedy and loss. Some might be a textbook for human success. Others might have woe or failure. But whatever kind of story that we as individuals are living out, the one thing that is true amongst everything is that everyone's testimony, everyone's story is unique. So here's a question I want you to think about. If everybody's story is unique, if everybody is compelled to share their testimony in the hopes that we will impact somebody with our lives, what kind of story is your life writing? Another way that I've heard this expressed is, if someone was looking at your tombstone, what would it say? Amen. If someone was reading your obituary in the newspaper, what would it say? Amen. Praise the Lord. See, our life is a story that is being played out on the stage of human drama. It includes excitement, pain, sorrow, exhilaration, success, failure. And and, and our lives are like this. Amen? It just seemed to to go up and to to go down. But throughout of it, we have testimonies that can benefit others, both positively and negatively. Have you ever looked at someone and gone, well, bless the Lord, I know I shouldn't be doing that in my life. Amen? Amen? Ah, here we go. Praise the Lord. 
praise the Lord. For those of you who have just arrived, we're talking about the fact that everybody has a testimony. Praise the Lord. So, what is a testimony? Merriam-Webster's Dictionary defines a testimony as one, either an open acknowledgement or B, a public profession of religious experience. And, and really, that's what we're talking about when we talk about a testimony, a public acknowledgement or profession, particularly of a religious experience. Whatever anyone's testimony may be, every believer has a personal story to share with others. Amen. And so the text that we read today was about the Apostle Paul. And in this text that we read, he demonstrated the power of sharing one's testimony. Now, Paul had a pretty incredible testimony, didn't he? Think about his life. I mean, here's Paul. He originally was called Saul, right? He hated the Christians, despised the Christians, and uh, went around locking them up, throwing them in jail. He's on his way to Damascus. And a light shines, knocks him off his horse. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if that was our testimony. Can you imagine going to work on Monday and saying, man, you wouldn't believe what happened over the weekend. I was just driving down the road and this blinding light from nowhere just smacked me full on in the face and I had to pull over in the middle of the highway and I just... And then, and then I couldn't see. I'm blind. Can you imagine that? That's pretty powerful, isn't it? I'm glad that hasn't happened to me. I'm just glad that God's got my attention already. Some to be said for listening when God wants your attention. And so this is what happened to Paul, though. And we know that Paul went into Damascus, led by the hand, because he was blind. And we know that um, Ananias came, prayed for him. God healed him. He was baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. And then God turned his life around and he became a missionary. Right? And he began to spread the gospel and to preach and completely changed around his life. Right? And so he's here with a gripper and he's sharing this testimony with a gripper. And not just with a gripper, but he's sharing it in front of all of a gripper's court. Right, all the royals and the nobles and the governors in the land and the army officers and, and all the important people. All the important people are there. And he's sharing his testimony. He's sharing the fact that Jesus revealed himself to Paul on that road to Damascus. He's sharing about the fact that he became a bearer of truth and had a testimony of the gospel. Paul told Agrippa what God had told him. But rise, stand upon thy feet. This is verse 16 of Acts 26. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of the things which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul proclaimed to Agrippa that he had obeyed Christ's calling. And he went on to share the gospel of Jesus. And that stirred Agrippa's soul. 
Festus, we'll talk about Festus in a bit, but Agrippa, he was stirred by what Paul had told him. And so every believer, we all have a story of salvation. Kind of alluded to this a little bit. One might be tempted to think that I was raised in the church, so it's not as important. Or my story is not glamorous or exciting. But the reality is, is every life that is redeemed from sin and destruction is exciting. It's interesting. It's profound. And every person's story is uniquely positioned to reach out and impact certain individuals. Right? Individuals, like I said before, that are not impacted by one testimony might be impacted by another believer. And these testimonies possess great power to move individuals towards salvation, to move individuals towards a relationship with Jesus. Amen? And our testimonies should be shared. Just as Paul testified in Acts 26 verse 22, we should share our testimony with people both great and small because everybody needs to hear our story of redemption. Amen? Now, why do you think we should share our testimony? This is an interesting thought. Mm -hmm. Because we're overcomers, amen. Here's a few reasons why I think we should share our testimony. One, as a strengthening exercise for ourselves. You know, we don't live in the past, amen. We live in the present. We can't control the future can't change the past. But there is something powerful when you share your testimony with someone about how God helped you in the past that doesn't just encourage them, it encourages you as well. It's strengthening for you to look back. And you know what I find when I am struggling and when I'm feeling down in the dumps and when I don't know which way to turn, if I can find somebody to share my testimony with about how God helped me in the past, it encourages me in my present situation today. Why? Because I know the Bible tells me that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if He was able to help me back then, then in my present situation, as I am calling to mind what God did for me back then, I remember, well, He can do it for me today. Right? And so when we share our testimony, it strengthens us because it helps us remember Jesus did this for me. Jesus saved me. Jesus watched out for me. Jesus sustained me. Amen. The second reason we spoke about is as a means of leading others to salvation. You heard that. There's an old, old, old song. That's, um, I can't even remember who sings it. Possibly Chris Christian or maybe Don Francisco. I don't know. But the words of the song are, you are the only Jesus some will ever see. You see, when Jesus comes back to the earth again, it's too late. It's done. It's finished. He's only come once. He is coming back, but by that stage, it's too late. You missed the boat. Amen? Okay. One person agrees with me. We can do a Bible study on that later on. Amen? Jesus is not going to go down Cairns Central and set up a little booth in the shopping center and start healing people again. He's not going to give another sermon on the mount but make it Sermon on the Esplanade, right? Hello? Anyone out there? Amen? He's not going to be walking our streets again. Who is walking our streets is you and me. Who is walking down the Esplanade is you and me. 
Who is walking through Can Central is you and me. And so the only way that some people are going to see Jesus, the only way some people are going to be introduced to Jesus is if we take the time to reach out to people who are hungry and people who are hurting with our testimony. And when we see someone struggling, we're able to come alongside them and say, you know what, let me tell you, Jesus did so much for me. Let me introduce you to him. Amen. And then they begin to see that love of God in your heart. They begin to feel the presence of Jesus as you begin to talk to them. And the Holy Spirit begins to work in your life as you begin to minister to that person. That is the only Jesus that some people will experience until they come to a church. And they experience the presence of God. Because so many people out there don't even know. They just don't know. Amen. They know that their life is a mess. They know that they need help. But they're looking for things, for answers to questions in all the wrong places. Amen. And when you introduce them to Jesus through your testimony, it can lead them to salvation. Amen. It's also a source of strength and encouragement to each other. That's why a couple of Sundays ago, we did that Testimony Sunday, right? Where everyone got up and shared something good that God had done. Because you know what? You don't know who else in the church is going through that same situation that you're in. And you're able to get out and say, hey, God help me find a job. God put money on the table so I could pay my light bill. God put some groceries in my fridge. I didn't know which way to turn to, but all of a sudden there was a check in the mail that I wasn't expecting. Right? And someone else hears that and it encourages them. It builds them up. Well, praise the Lord anyway. It's the truth whether you believe it or not. Praise the Lord. And so it is a source of strength for one another. Paul testified of God's help in his life. Because this is quite often something that we find. Let's do a quick poll, actually. Put your hand up. Be honest now, okay? I want you to be honest. Put your hand up if the thought of sharing your testimony to a complete stranger that you bump into on the Esplanade scares you. Be honest. Come on, put your hand up. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Absolutely. You know, I did a job once. You know, you just do jobs when you just got to put food on the family for the table, on the table for the family, sorry. You just do whatever job you can do. I got a job. I was selling diplomas of business and education door to door, right? You imagine knocking on someone's door and trying to convince them that they need to buy a $16,000 diploma from you. And you don't even have an appointment. You're just knocking on their door. Cold call. Bang, bang, bang. Hi, I'm Jason. I'm from Desir. I'm here to tell you today about how you could take advantage. See, I can still remember the whole pitch because it gets drilled into your head. Right? I've worked for them for like five years. Still remember the pitch, the whole thing. $96,000 government grant. Amen? But do you know how nerve-wrackingly scared I was when I started that job? Man, you'd knock on the door. Go away! Knock on the door. I don't want to talk about Jesus. I'm not here to talk about Jesus, but I can if you want me to. <laughs> and open the door. Some, one guy knocked on the door, and this voice from somewhere down in the back of the room said, Come in. 
And I stuck my head in there. I could smell the marijuana in the room. And I'm just like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Next house. <laughs> Do you know how scared it was? Scared I was to go knocking on random strangers' doors. Now, some people were really nice. They'd open the door and they'd say, look, I'm really not interested, but you look quite, you know, hot from walking around in the sun. Please, would you like to come in and have a drink of water? You know, I was like, you know, double the age of all the other young fellas that were doing it, so I was practically dying. I wore out a $200 pair of shoes in like two weeks. <laughs> right? But it was scary stuff. I only, only had to work there for about five, six weeks or so. And, and I did find some people who were willing to, willing to sign up for a $16,000 diploma of business and education. It just goes to show there's always someone out there who wants what you got. You just got to find them. Boy, that'll preach, wouldn't it? That'll preach. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But here's the thing. When we share our testimony, we're not sharing something that this world has to offer. We're not sharing something that we're trying to sell. We're not sharing something we're trying to flog off. What we are sharing is how God had an experience. We had an experience with God. We had a divine encounter with God. And so what that means is that God is invested in getting us to share our testimony with each other and with people out there. And so that means is that we have a promise from God that when we bring up the moral fortitude, not the moral fortitude, the intestinal fortitude, to say, okay, God, I'm going to share my testimony with this person. We detect a window and we share it. Straight away, God is there in his power. Okay, I'm ready to help here. And God will start dropping words into your mind. God will start dropping scriptures into your heart. It's amazing what scriptures you'll begin to recall as the Spirit begins to just speak to your heart and say, okay, this is what this person needs. And this is where this person is at. And this is what they need to hear from God's Word. Amen. You see, Paul testified of God's help in his life. And he sensed an obligation to share his story with others. He had a consuming burden and a desire to share the good news of the gospel everywhere that he could, as well as a testimony of how God had saved him personally and how God had helped him through his uncertain time. But by sharing his testimony with others about God's salvation and assistance, he strengthened his own faith in God and cultivated the faith in God in the hearts of people who were listening. But God was working through Paul's testimony. God was helping through Paul's testimony to lead others to come to God. But my point is, is that God is not just sitting back as a, a distracted observer as we share our testimony. But when we begin to share what God has done, He becomes invested. He begins to help, right? Isn't it amazing the power of a testimony to change lives? I mean, I think of um, another quick... Another quick poll. And maybe for those of us who are not from Australia, you may not know this book. I don't know. Who's read um, Pilgrim's Progress before? One, two, three, a few people. Okay. Okay. Homework for you. Go read Pilgrim's Progress. It's a great story. Look it up. You can probably download a free copy online, I would imagine. Pilgrim's Progress. Paul Bunyan. Thousands and thousands, millions of copies in print. And millions of people have read it. Just clearly not in our church. But millions of people have read it. Amen. And it's changed countless lives. It's helped innumerable people. And so when we share our testimony for Christ, it is not just a strengthening exercise for us. It doesn't just bolster our own faith. 
but it begins to work in the hearts of the people who hear it through the power of God's Spirit. Amen. And so what this means is that everybody should hear our testimony. Everyone say, everybody. We shouldn't keep good news to ourselves, but we should share it everywhere we are able. The word gospel means good news, and it's worth sharing. Let me tell you, I've had a bit of a rough time at work the last uh, month or so. Obviously, I was off for two weeks as I recovered from that car wreck, so I, was, I got a good excuse, but I hadn't sold much for four weeks. The board is looking a little empty, you know, when we ride up, ride up the board. But you know, last week, I got two deals done. Over the, got two deals. One of them, I'm going down on Wednesday. They said, come on down. We'll sign up the paperwork, get on done. I'm like, yes, thank you, Jesus. And I signed up a really, really big one. I'm not going to even say the name in case my competitors try and listen in on this. <laughs> right? It's really, really competitive in Cairns. Right? A really big deal. It's a great deal. And when I got into the office, how do you think I reacted? I'll tell you how I didn't react. I didn't walk in and go, hey, everyone, how are you? Sit down at my desk. No. Let me tell you how I walked in the office. It was something like this. Oh, yeah, here we go. Come on, fist bump. Come on, Brother Gary, help me out here. Boom, yeah, I'm back, boys and girls. I was so excited. I was jumping up and down and going around, giving everyone high fives and fist bumps. I was like, I've sold something, right? I was excited. But how is it sometimes that when we think about what God has done in our lives and we think about where God has brought us from and, and the trials and the challenges that he's kept us through, when we think about our salvation spiritually, we're like this. Well, bless the Lord. It's church on Sunday. Here we go again. My, you look so happy today, says someone to you at work. Oh, Jesus has been good. No, when we walk into church, we ought to be like, yeah, here I come to church again. I'm victorious. I'm a Christian. I'm living for God. My life is great. My life is fantastic. I'm on top of the world. Amen? Because we, even if things are going wrong, even if things are going bad in our life, we ought to understand that God is victorious, amen? We ought to understand that He's for us and not against us. And so it doesn't matter what happens. The Bible says we are more than conquerors, amen? And so when someone says, so why are you so happy? Why are you so excited? Oh, let me tell you what happened on the weekend. I went to church. I got to talk to Jesus. We felt his presence. It was incredible. I sung. I danced. I jumped. I shouted. I lost my voice. I boogalooed. I had tears coming down my eyes, not coming out my nose. It was incredible. And people are like, wow, you're crazy. Yeah, but you don't know what Jesus did for me. You think, you think I'm crazy? You should see me on Sunday. Amen? We need to get some excitement in our heart about living for Jesus. You know, some, some, some Christians, man, they need a forklift to pull their bottom jaw up off the ground and pick it back up. I'm a Christian. I've got the joy of Jesus in my life. Hello? I know none of you would be like that because you're all super spiritual, right? That's only me. 
Praise the Lord. We need to be joyful about sharing it. Think about this. What if someone discovered a cure for cancer and then kept it quiet? Man, that would be criminally negligent. They would want to share the good news. And yet we have been saved from something far worse than even cancer. We've been saved from our sin. We have the promise of an eternal life with Jesus. Man, that's exciting. That's exciting. We ought to want to share this stuff. Amen? Amen. I'm running out of time. You've got to remember, though, there's always going to be a Festus. Yes, it was. There is always going to be a Festus. Festus in verse 24, he said, Paul, thou art mad. You are crazy. You are a cuckoo. You are two wheat picks short of breakfast. You are two brick loads short of a load. You are three fries short of a happy meal. You're crazy. Right? But notice Paul didn't get discouraged about that. He just said, I'm not mad. I'm speaking to the king Agrippa. Forget you then. Right? And that was what I found when I was working that job door to door. Man, I had so many doors slammed in my face, my nose nearly broke. Right? But I didn't care. You just move on. Go to the next door. It was a numbers game. You would run to the next door. Bang, bang, bang. I want to talk to you about it. Not interested. No worries. Bye. Bang, bang, bang. I want to talk. Not interested. Bye. Bang, bang, bang. I want to talk to you. Yeah, come on in. Great. Thank you. Let's talk. Right? It was a numbers game. And sharing our testimony can sometimes be the same thing. You will come to somebody, and the Bible says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Right? Sometimes you will come to someone, and they will not want to hear the gospel. They will not want to hear what God has done. That's not your fault. You try to share. They don't want, okay, just move on. Go find someone else. There is plenty of hungry people out there who want to know about Jesus. There are plenty of people out there who are looking for what we have in here. Amen? We just need to go find them. We must never allow rejection or unbelief to derail our testimony or discourage us from sharing it. So what an impact Paul's testimony had on Agrippa, who's confessed that Paul had almost persuaded him to be a Christian. We must share our testimony with passion and with faith. We must allow God to stir the heart and the intellect of those to whom we witness. Because here's the thing, we will never know who will accept the gospel message. We may be only planting a seed of truth that will sprout and bear fruit in a person's life at some later date. Amen? Our job is to just keep planting the message of salvation through our testimony to others. Isaiah 55 verse 11 talks about the fact that God's word never fails to accomplish the purpose for which it is sent. Amen. It was around, I think, the 15th century. As we're getting ready to close, why don't we all stand? It was around the 15th century when a man by the name of Hugh Latimer and another friend of his by the name of Ridley, last name of Ridley, he was preaching something... <clears throat> that the current Queen of England, Queen Mary, did not agree with. And as a result, he was hurled before a tribunal, him and his friend Ridley, and condemned to die at the stake for heresy. He was a faithful preacher. 
And rather than turn around and say, okay, I renounce what I believe in. I'll just believe whatever you tell me I need to believe in. He was convinced in his heart that not only was God's word true, but that God's word should be read in English by English people. And because of that, he was condemned to die. And as he was tied to the stake with his friend Ridley, and the flames were lit, and they started to go up and consume them both, his last words to his friend Mr. Ridley was this, Be of good comfort, Mr. Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust never shall be put out. We don't know what impact our testimony will have on somebody. We can't know because we don't know people's minds and we don't know people's hearts. But here's what I do know. God is interested in seeing people come to know Him. And so God will lead you to people who need to hear where you've come from, who need to hear how you have overcome, who need to hear how God has preserved you. Your job then is to take courage and know that you've been called for a purpose. To know that God has brought you to that encounter for a reason. And you could be the person that lights that candle in their life that never goes out. You could be the one that plants that, that seed in their heart that just begins to grow and begins to take root, and begins to work on their mind, and work on their heart, and they lie down in, in bed at night, and as they're falling asleep, they begin to think about what you said. You know, maybe this, maybe this Jesus person that they were telling me about, maybe he can help me. Maybe he can get me out of this. Maybe I can turn my life around. We should resist the temptation to keep our testimony and our life story to ourselves. Because it can make a difference. It is a powerful opportunity to positively influence others. And so our job is to not keep it to ourselves, but to share it with everyone we can, everywhere we can, and through whatever means possible. Someone say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why don't we just... Close our eyes this morning as we get ready to finish up this session. Let's just begin to talk to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Precious Jesus, Lord, we worship you this morning.